0: Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where We continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are America. just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. For multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, And you described that his head kind of exploded when you hit him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the floor. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning. And then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help... Hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Okay. Happy Friday. It is Friday today, and this is episode 59, which is great. Thank you for coming along on the Operator Podcast. Here's where we talk about stuff. I talk about stuff. I don't have a guest today. And I hope you listen and follow at McHooia, M-C-H-O-O-Y-A-H, McHooia, and then at the Operator Podcast, and just uh, give me some feedback on what you uh, think about today's show, if there are any questions you would like to have answered, because I've personally noticed that when you uh, pick up a phone and go on the internet, you can find all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. So if I'm, if I'm missing something, be it military or military training, more guests or fewer guests, hit me up. And I do read them. When I get spare time, I go through them, and most people are pretty nice, and I appreciate that. I'm trying to be cordial. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be nicer myself, too, so that's good. Today, we're, we're going to cover a couple different things. It's Friday. We already mentioned that. Um, stuff going on around the world. We'll touch on some potential stuff in Russia or involving Russians and the Wagner Group and the Wagner Group. I don't know, again, what we're calling it. I keep hearing it both. a lot of. I guess people in Europe get pissed when you call it Wagner because they're mercenaries, uh, but and Wagner's a composer. And I'm sure um, someone will hate him, too, because of colonization. Or we always can manage to, to um, get mad at each other for stuff that happened a long, long time ago. Where none of us were involved. So, we're going to talk about whatever went down there. There was a, a debate that just happened. That was kind of fun to watch. I watched that. Uh, quick trip to Dallas, eventful. And um, now just around around the house for a little while, and then the, the, the season starts up. So, we're going to do some traveling coming up, and I will tell you all about that. We could talk about airlines if you want to hear about them, my favorite ones, and what I like about them, if you care. <laughs> and what airlines you like, or if it's better to take the bus or just drive. But I'm going to get to that, all that great stuff, in about uh, 90 seconds, because first, I do need to ask you this. Are you sick and tired of the web of lies spun by the Biden government, concealing the truth about inflation and the value of our dollar? I'm certain that market volatility fills you with worry, casting doubt on your ability to retire comfortably, I urge you to look for a secure and reliable investment option for your retirement. Imagine a future where your retirement is protected from the storms of market volatility, the erosive forces of inflation, recession, government meddling, which seems to be everywhere, and economic uncertainties. Imagine retiring with peace of mind and the freedom to pursue your dreams. The future, my dear friends, can become your reality, courtesy of my friends at Allegiance Gold. Why? Because gold has stood the test of time as a safe haven investment. And now more than ever, folks, with the recent downgrade of the creditworthiness of the U.S. and the largest mortgage leaders, you need safety and insurance for what you have worked so hard for. Remember, when it comes to protecting your IRA or 401K, trust the best. That's why my friends at Allegiance Gold have the highest ratings in the precious metals, including five stars with TrustLink, a AAA rating, with a business consumer alliance and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You can invest with confidence because Allegiance Gold builds relationships based on integrity, quality, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwiththeoperator.com. Protectwiththeoperator.com or give them a call, 844 790 9191 Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Give Allegiance Gold a call 844-790-9191 and speak to one of their experts. They'll answer all your questions and help you get started on the path to a more secure and prosperous retirement. Time is of the essence. Protect with Allegiance Gold. So visit protectwiththeoperator.com or call them at 844-790-9191. 844-790-9191. But it was a cool week. Last weekend, there was uh, I went to an event that was put on by the Navy Seal Foundation, and was um, a lot of the portion went to Uncommon Grit Foundation. Uncommon Grits, one that um, my friend Darren McBurnett, McBee McTeams on uh, Instagram, McTeams, he runs that, and uh, it's always good to see veterans getting together to. Assist other veterans with like transition, the transition process. My, my foundation, if you want to check it out, is um, Special Operators Transition Foundation, SOTF.org, I believe, help veterans transition because the Navy, the Army, the Marine Corps, the services, Air Force, uh, they don't last forever, and you're probably going to need to get a job, and we help we help with that. But it was good to see um, last week in New York, a bunch of Navy SEALs and a bunch of first responders and um the like a few TV personalities like Pete Hexeth and Will Kane did the swim, which is impressive. I did not do the swim. When um when people asked me why I didn't swim, I said uh, I didn't want to swim in the first place, <laughs> meaning when I joined the Navy. But I did figure it out the hard way. But I wanted to go down there because I was in the air and it was very, very cool. If you if you're not familiar with it, they do it once a year. It's pretty cool to to check out. It's on it's on TV. It starts over at Liberty State Park in New Jersey, and um, it, it goes eventually to the World Trade Center. They um, they get in in New Jersey, swim to the Statue of Liberty. They do 100 push-ups, 22 pull-ups for our nation's freedoms and civil liberties. That's pretty cool in front of the uh, statue. Then from the Statue of Liberty, they swim to Ellis Island, where they do yet another 100 honor push-ups and 22 pull-ups for uh, Ellis Island. So it it's in honor of our nation's diversity and all those who came to our nation seeking a better life the correct way. Then they swim across the Hudson huh, to Battery Park, which is which is a pretty pretty good swim. You want the current to be with you, and that's when they get when they get there, they grab American flags, run to the World Trade Center, obviously in Lower Manhattan, and once there they do a hundred push-ups and twenty-two pull-ups. To honor those who lost their lives on 9/11, uh, who died on extortion 17, and all Americans who put it on the line for our nation. Then they had some speakers. They had uh, Gold Star families there. Very, uh, it's always humbling to talk to them because losing a loved one in combat, there can't be, there really can't be much worse than that. Especially when um, when parents lose their kids. That's got to be the worst. I can't imagine it. I knew all the guys on extortion, uh, and I, I knew a lot of the guys that were running. Great to get in a group of Navy SEALs. Uh, everyone was very cool. I love seeing them. It's, it's, it, um, they had no choice but to be happy because they were done. <laughs> I didn't see them at the beginning. I uh, I got on a, a boat with NYPD and smoked some cigars, watched them swim, cheered them on. They went over to, um, there's a pub right there by the, um, memorial, And it was very cool to see the guys, the American flag. They had a great um, version of the Star Spangled Banner, which is our nation's uh, national anthem. And that was, a, that was a cool day. And then down to, had to go to the airport, went to Dallas. I did a podcast. If you haven't checked it out on Rumble, I have a new Rumble page. I'll be posting this podcast there. I was on a, the Bad Words podcast at the Industrial Cigar Company down near dallas texas right around frisco texas good time great cigars uh it's it's always funny if you can if you can get a no kidding cuban cigar they're pretty good i like the consistency because there is no consistency because they're hand rolled so you might get a tight one you might get a loose one but that is good stuff good cigars great talk um we went to lunch i was i was staying near the cowboys headquarters dallas cowboys they uh they got a practice facility there that's really cool. Their headquarters and then there's a restaurant the Cowboys Club. We went there, had a great lunch. The Cowboys, for, I mean, I've been to AT&T Stadium for a game a couple games, but one in particular on Thanksgiving a few years back. We had Thanksgiving dinner there in the owner's suite, and that's just cool, man. They I don't, you know, I grew up a Redskins fan, so not necessarily a Cowboys fan, but the Cowboys they definitely do it right. They're a very classy organization, cool place. They got a the not AT and T Stadium, but their practice facility. I think they have outdoor turf. They have grass, and they have a uh, um, a dome where they can um, practice. And they just when I was down there, they had their first practice, and it was cool. There was lines around the corner. I guess they sell it out. I don't know how many thousands of people fit in there, but just to watch them practice, that's pretty cool. And they're they're kind enough to let I guess the some of the high school um, playoff games are played in that stadium, which is that's just awesome. So down there for that. That was a lot of fun. And then, you know, reading on the plane, trying to figure out what's going on with current events. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on lately. Um, uh, the uh, There was a, a hit, apparently, on um, the head of the... We talked about the Wagner Group or the Wagner Group. Um, th- there was a hit, allegedly. I mentioned at the top of the show that we're not quite sure what to call it. The Wagner Group, the Wagner Group, but there... If you're not familiar with them, they're a group of mercenaries, uh, guns for hire, and a lot of them are... Th- you'll hear people say they're the Russian version of Blackwater. That's not the case. They are... A lot of them are prisoners that got out of prison so they could fight... You know, are they're, they're not everything in war is a rule-oriented. I think we're the only country that actually follows the rules that we put on ourselves, and, and then we... Um, we arrest our some of our guys for war crimes, and we have a lot of our local reporters who want war war crimes are a big one there. But if like you're retreating in Russia, they just shoot you. So I guess <laughs> you know one's not better than the other. Um, but uh, the Wagner group—they've been using all over the world. They're brutal, I guess. I I don't think I've ever met any of them. I've definitely never worked with them or seen them, but I've heard some bad stuff. I, I'll do a little bit more research and see what. Uh, what is true and what isn't true about them, because you you might notice that, like, not everything's the truth anyway. (laughs) So, uh, but uh, their leader, Yigvini Prigozhin, was, uh, he's a criminal and a businessman, and he was like a chef for Vladimir Putin, and if you remember, a couple of months ago, there was a coup, and they were going to roll up to Moscow and, like, take it over, but some weird truce, and I didn't, you know, it could have been anything, it could have been a ruse, that they're doing that so they can get into um, into um, one of the one of the other countries up there that's surrounding help helps surround Ukraine like Belarus something like that and and they could um, maybe flank or whatever they were doing but he died the uh, the president uh, not the president the leader of the Wagner group the Wagner group he died in a plane crash so what does that tell you well there was a coup <laughs> and they tried to go after uh, Vladimir Putin and I'm assuming. Never met him either. I'm assuming that Vladimir Putin holds a grudge, and uh, he's been mentioned quite a bit lately. Putin, did you the, the, the debates? We'll, we'll talk about the debates a little bit in a minute. But during the, we'll talk about them now. Um, during the debates, if you notice, um, Nikki Haley, who's one of the um, candidates, who's actually doing a lot better in the polls. She she. Uh, She's one of the Washington D.C. warhawks. A warhawk is someone who sits in a chair and sends young people to war. But uh, she keeps saying that Vladimir Putin is a murderer. He's a murderer, and that's the reason that we need to be sending all kinds of money and, and guns and stuff to Ukraine because Vladimir Putin's a murderer. You know how many people in charge are murderers? You know we we don't need to we don't need to go to war because someone's a murderer. There's a lot of murderers out there, and you know. I'm not accusing anyone anybody in this country but there's a lot of corruption going around and usually when corruption happens and you need to silence someone the quick the easiest way is is to kill them. So a lot of people were saying that Prigozhin the head of the Wagner group um, they were surprised that he lived as long as he did. But uh yeah his plane was, was shot down or whatever we're never going to find out what happened. I don't think that. Well they said it was it was shot down but that's uh that's that. I was I was reading about uh just doing a little research on some of the Russian stuff and the and and you know how the KGB works and that's the James Bond type shit. There was um there was a dude named Alexander Litvinik a few years back. He was um he was with the uh Federal Security of the Russians and he fled Russia after being ordered to kill a Russian businessman. So he he left Russia, Alexander, and he went to the UK and he started saying a lot of mean and hateful stuff on uh, about Vladimir Putin and about Russia. So apparently they have Twitter too, because that's where all the mean stuff gets said. And um, the deal with Vladimir Putin is, like I said, he holds a grudge. So in uh, 2006, and I didn't get this part. So he's saying this bad stuff. He fled in 1998, and he he went to the UK, and then he's popping off his mouth and everything to talk about, about Putin. But for some reason, he met with some KGB officers in London, uh, in 2006. Now, if I'm just, just me, I'm I'm not meeting with KGB. I don't think I'd be comfortable meeting with them anyway right now. And I don't, I won't, you know, I don't think they have anything against me, but what do I know? Uh, but he met with them and then he immediately started getting sick. And the way he got sick was, was, uh, it's not like they didn't know if it was a stomach bug or did he, it was getting cancer, but he was like profusely vomiting and pooping all over himself. What had happened was, um, he had ingested polonium 210 and it's a un- it's unique and it emits no gamma rays meaning it doesn't even go through the skin this is some new- a way to kill someone with uh radiation and radi it, i guess radiation poisoning is one of the really really bad ways to go like you can die fast if it uh, if it's a high dose but i guess if you get a low dose it's more torture and so alexander got a pretty low dose medium dose and he spent 30 days in the hospital, dying. And uh, in complete agony because his, what the radiation was doing was destroying his cells. And that's got to be painful. I mean, I've had sciatica before and I wanted to jump out the fucking window. But um, his, his cells were being destructed. His DNA is being scrambled. And everything was shutting down slowly. Like organs and stuff, were, they weren't working anymore. And, and like his, his blood lost its ability to clot. So now he's bleeding from everywhere. Um I guess I guess this polonium is one of the worst ways you can die because um the nature of the sickness. Morphine doesn't even work. You can't touch anything. Everything's painful. And um you know, you're pooping and bleeding out your skin. Anyway, it's a really, really bad uh it's a really really bad way to go. If so basically I guess the the, the moral of this story is if you say anything bad about Putin and he really doesn't like you. The probably the best way you can go is having him shoot down your airplane. But anyway, he's gone. It's going to be something to see what happens in Ukraine and in Russia and actually with China because everyone's saying if Russia wins, you might as well be handing it over to China. But if you haven't noticed, we've been handing it over to China, um, selling our souls to China so they can dominate the world. And that's uh, – I guess somebody asked artificial intelligence when – World War III was going to start, and it predicted like March of next year, <laughs> which makes sense. If they're going to do anything, if if it's not even an if, China is going to take Taiwan. It's when, and would they uh, rather, you know, make their big moves now with this administration, who's who's um, a lot of them are bought and sold by China anyway, which means they don't have the will to fight China, and can we fight China? Um, th- they, being China, would probably want to do it before the next election, definitely before january 20th the following year so china russia assassinations murders i mean it, it could be a it could be a really good drama if it wasn't real but uh you know back to the swimming when we i was mentioning the navy seal swimming it was really cool to see all the guys again after years see how uh, i'm pretty sure i might be the only one who's gotten a little chubbier they look great um um they swam across the hudson river uh, outside of New York, and it's historically a dirty place. I think one guy told me that he actually swam into two rats, which is awesome. <laughs> the Rats in the water. If you haven't seen the rats in New York City, it's crazy. Uh, they are big rats to the point where they're actually uh, they attack people. They will they will run at, they will run right at you. They're not they're not afraid of you anymore. The roaches get pretty big too, but they don't attack you. They're just all over the place, and there's smaller ones too. Yeah, New York's got some funky stuff. Anyway, that's the Hudson. And they were in that. I was not. I don't think I'm going to get in. If you're looking for me, don't check the Hudson. I will not be in there. I might. I could be near there, but not there. The, the swimming thing is always funny. Those. I mean, those, and those guys were hauling ass. There's some good swimmers there too. Uh, I. I famously did not know how to swim when I joined the Navy. I ended up learning it, learning how to do it. I and I'd recommend swim lessons, even even for people in the military, because there's better technique. I've. We had some people who. I mean, they don't look like what you would think a Navy SEAL would look like, but they knew how to swim. A lot of, when you get to SEAL training, you run into a lot of water polo players, college level swimmers. And if you have the technique down, that's good. I I think I eventually got the technique. I I did think that going through SEAL training, obviously I I wasn't going to quit, but I I thought the reason I wouldn't make it would be because I failed the swim. I did fail one swim one time. And I'm blaming that straight up on ignorance because I thought if I put on a different set of fins, I could swim faster because I wanted to swim faster. And you don't need to win the swims in SEAL training. I mean, it pays to be a winner, but you just need to pass the times. You want to do that. But for some weird reason, me not having much experience swimming, there is a difference between subsurface fins and surface fins. And I thought I would try a pair of dive fins. Um which is a horrible idea. So trying to swim on the surface with dive fins, it doesn't work very well. I imagine you get turtle back when you just swim on your back kind of like you do before you go underwater, but you're not going to swim fast enough to pass the times for butt. So I did, uh, I did fail that and got yelled at, and uh, they made fun of my fins, and I got counseled. That's what happens. You can fail things in SEAL training, and they will let you stick around, but you can't fail too many because they'll boot you out. But fortunately, that was the last one. I failed that in first phase. Didn't fail anymore. Got to Seal Team 2 after Buds, where I learned that Seal Team 2 was known to be the the most strict on PT in the mornings, on working out. Um, Because they were the first two teams, Seal Team 1 on the West Coast and Seal Team 2 on the East Coast were known for working out. Uh, We had in Virginia uh, two-mile ocean swim every Tuesday. And that doesn't matter if it's February, and that does suck. And that was actually fun to watch people try to get out of swims. You could do different things. It was amazing how many uh, guys – because you go to the platoon hut in the morning before. The way it works is you go in early. Your platoon gets a head count, you, you know gives it to the chief. He gives it to the officer. The officer gives it to the other officers. Then you go out to quarters. Um, and quarters is when you get in front of the man usually – Everyone's lined up by platoon and then you got your um, admin people and whatnot diving and um, sub ops that is diving and then um, like engineering and shit like that and then the platoons and they put out the word and then, you know, you go on with your day it was ama- i mean there's a difference between swimming in the summer and swimming in the winter the summer swims are actually awesome cuz the virginia beach has nice uh, the uh, the current comes up from the south and the water gets nice in the winter it sucks balls it's usually snowing sideways and raining at the same time i know i said it and uh, you know the current's going against you and it's cold of course but um when you go up to the platoon hut it's amazing on tuesday how no one's not no one but most people aren't in their PT gear, and they're in their uniforms because they have a dental appointment that morning or because they have a medical appointment that morning. Or I have to meet with, sometimes I have to meet with the JAG or NCIS that morning. Uh, It always seemed to be on a Tuesday because you schedule your appointment. I mean, even if you schedule your dental appointment, two months out, you aim for the Tuesday. That's the slot you want so you don't have to swim. And there were other guys, too, that were funny. that They made us, we had to start showing up two quarters in our wetsuits. So that the the XO, the executive officer, could look at the platoon and see who's in their wetsuits and who's not, and then he can hammer the OIC. Why aren't these guys swimming? They just loved to make us swim. They loved to make us do workouts. But a lot of guys uh, had on the camis. They get yelled at. A lot of guys would have their wetsuits on and then go. They had to go take a poo, so they run into the head and they close the door and then pretend they're shocked that they missed the bus. Because the bus will drive you over to Lesnar Bridge, which is a eh, probably two miles away. And then you swim from Lesnar Bridge down to um, the other bridge, the Bay Bridge Tunnel. Uh, and it's pretty funny. Oh, I was in the bath and the bus left without me. I guess I'm not swimming today. But yeah, doing all those swims um, and then eventually getting lessons, which is good. Swimming in the pool, a lot of pool drills. We associated um, water with a lot of what we did, everything from skydiving to workouts. We would... Someone invented a game called underwater hockey. I know a lot of guys now. They do like the kettlebell stuff underwater. I mean, they're are dudes too. If you look on on some of these some of these websites, like Mitch Aguiar from uh, Massive, Mitch Aguiar, Smashing Frog, he, great supplements by the way. He's a kick ass jujitsu guy, violent hippie jujitsu. He uh, I've seen clips of him on TV. I got to get him on this show. I'm going to get a studio, get him face to face. I've seen him do the 75 meter underwater swim, which is just Ungodly. The 50-meter underwater swim is what you have to do to get through SEAL training. That's one of the evolutions as far as swimming and as far as water. But he's doing the 75-meter, which is just incredible. And guys are doing the kettlebell stuff underwater, which just do, just do me the favor. I mean, it's good to – that's probably really good for your cardio. Just have a safety swimmer. And a safety swimmer is not someone who's down there with you and and, and competing. You know, if you're doing kettlebell drills one-on-one and you're competing, a lot of guys are competitive. A lot of women are competitive. And all of a sudden you're both holding your breath trying to beat the other and you both have a shallow water blackout with no safety swimmer. That's a bad day. So don't do that stuff. But that's some of the swimming stuff we did. We, we did get good at it. Nighttime swims are fun. I just did a nighttime swim off the coast of California uh, uh, to prove great whites won't attack you. And, and I was right that night. They might. <laughs> they can. Um, but you're not on the menu for them. Um, and um one of the we we actually swam in combat. I mentioned the time we swam to a well, swim swamp, um, grape what are they called? Grape farms you can hear the rats again above you. The rats seem to follow you're on this rats in Iraq too. Um, you know, we swam into get it right into a gunfight, you know, and it was like it was almost like a video game thing where you're in the swamp and snipers are going up, and we had one of our snipers, a kick-ass dude. Um Climbed up to um, to try to get a, to a cover cover on us because we had taken a little bit of fire. So he got a ladder and he climbed up after a swim. So swimming is important if you're a Navy SEAL and other people swim, obviously. Um, but climb up and uh, he got to like the second deck and he unscrewed a light bulb so he could sneak up on the guy trying to shoot us from the roof. That's pretty cool. Spared the spared the chick, shot the guy, saved the day, got the girl. Um, and then we got in a gunfight there. So that was the time when, when the newspaper came up after we killed um fifth no not, 17 guys we killed nineteen of them didn't hurt a woman or child and the newspaper came up and wrote a story and the headline was uh, they were ninjas and they came with lions that story it's in it's in my book the operator the lions of course were the Belgian Malinois which uh which will do that but that was one of the swims that we did use in combat. Um, They torture us so much with swimming in SEAL training that I've actually seen SEALs walk a long way out of the way to avoid getting their feet wet. But when we train, especially on recon and surveillance, especially at SEAL Team 2, we love to live in swamps because they say that if you can live somewhere where nobody wants to go, they won't find you, and that's true. But um, it sucks. We make a lot of things suck. It, It looks cool. Some of it ain't cool. But um, my favorite swim that we actually did, i was my, my very first deployment, we were on the USS Austin, which is an Austin-class landing craft, an LPD, old school. I'm not sure if they have them anymore. I did just see the Austin in Philly. I was down there giving a speech, and I was doing a run around the, the, the mothball yard, the graveyard. I saw the Austin mothball. It's like, wow, you know, time keeps ticking. You're not going to be in the Navy, for, the Navy forever. That's your first uh, first deployment right there in the – in the graveyard, but um, yeah, I was on that ship crossing the Atlantic, my first time working with Marines, all dudes on a ship, a lot of fun, halfway across the Atlantic, it was a very, very calm day, just complete glass in the middle of the ocean, the water was probably 6,000 feet deep, and uh, we decided we wanted to do a a two-mile swim, so we got the boat guys, the uh, special boat teams to get their boats in the water we lowered them down. We all hopped in off the ship and then we, uh, we jumped and they took the boats, uh, two miles away from us. And then we were sw- swimming with that much water beneath us. That's a very, very cool experience. I've never seen water that clear. I'm not sure what the visibility was because it was just complete. Um, the ocean's a big place and I don't know how far we could see, but we could see each other. We took, uh, we took some nice selfies underwater. It's fun being out there, and you realize, man, if I see uh, if I see a shark out here, I bet he's hungry, because there's not a lot going on out there. And you know, it could be Mako's even out there. I don't think you're going to see a great white way out there, but uh... <laughs> I always say we're not on the menu. But I'm not. I don't want to run into one in the middle of the Atlantic. We did that swim. Pretty cool pictures. I'll try to find one to post uh, with me in my first platoon. That was cool, and then. Uh, Oh, yeah, we just associate everything with water. We, uh, sw- we swam into Liberia one time. I mentioned that uh, swimming off the coast of Africa, wondering about crocodiles. It, when, when you're in the, in the water in certain places, be it swamps or water, you you definitely start to wonder which um, which which animals are man eaters. Uh, that that reminded me of another story too. That's kind of famous too, and I'm positive that I put this in one or both of my books, The Operator and The Way Forward. Um, there's a swim that every BUDS class, Basic Underwater Demolition Seal Training. BUDS class does, or at least they did when I went through, because I, I think it was the last hard class, 208. Um, there's a sw- San Clemente Island. You go out there, and there's a uh, a mile marker buoy off out of this bay, and in between San Clemente and San Catalina is a great white shark breeding ground and it's better to be in a breeding ground than a feeding ground. Like there are rules with sharks, like you know, don't swim where they chum, uh, don't swim where people are fishing, don't swim when you're bleeding, all that stuff. And then just you know, when it's all said and done, you're in their element, you're in their their habitat. And you know, if they, even if they check you out, the way they check you out sometimes is by biting you, and that's that's uh, that sucks, I guess. But there's a swim out there. San Clemente Island, the last 40 days of SEAL training, which sucks. I, I think I had a worse time on the island than I did during Hell Week. <clears throat> Forty straight days. But as soon as you get there, you put your shit down in your room where, you know, you're in open bay birthing. That's the fun part because you're with your boys. It's third phase of SEAL training. You know these guys really well. You've been through a lot of really hellish training with them, so you can have your good times. So I have some I'm gonna go through and look for some pictures that I have in my uh my global war on tourism box. It's downstairs in my basement. I'll go through that and post some. There's some pretty funny ones of very young dudes now. I will look at some of my friends on Instagram now, and they just they look more uh, silver, if you will. They're uh, they're aged like fine wines. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the first thing you do is you put your stuff down. You go into the training area. They give you the quick introduction. To San Clemente Island and what the plan is out here, land warfare type stuff. We're not going to get into classes right now, but we are going to watch about 30 or 45 minutes of highlights of Shark Week when, when sharks attack, and then we're going to do what we call the shark appreciation swim at night. So you watch a bunch of shark stuff, and then you get in the water, and you swim out to the one-mile buoy, and then you swim back as a group. And that's where you totally see um, strength in numbers because as opposed to swimming on the silver strand when you're sw- swimming for time, this time I think you're just swimming for accuracy. I want to end up where I started, period. So kind of a big group of dudes. And um, you do think about great whites, because they are out there. And you're in the water with sharks if you're in the water. Just get get over it. But you know who's out there that, that likes to mess with you are the sea lions. And they'll, I mean, if they bump you, that's scary, needless to say. Even when you're in a Zodiac, it's not uncommon for them to come up and put their head on the Zodiac and bark at you. And at night, that's just scary. You're playing elite Navy SEAL, but you see a seal, and all of a sudden shit gets real. But uh, yeah, you think about that. That's another one of our swims that we do, and then you know swimming everywhere else, you get you, get, you try to think about what um, what's going to attack you. What, you know, and, you know people have been attacked by sharks, not as common as it could be. I've mentioned before, if we were on the menu, there would be attacks and eat eatings feedings every single day. But since we're talking about animals that attack because I, I don't know why, I just came up with that, but I was also reading the newspaper today about, uh, there's a thing going on, I guess, in um, in Connecticut where apparently there's a big black bear uh, community, I guess. There's a lot of black bears. But there's something like 1,200 black bears in Connecticut. And uh, worried about public safety, Governor Ned Lamont recently signed into law a measure that allows residents to shoot and kill bears under certain circumstances. If a person reasonably believes a bear could seriously hurt a person or or a pet, so you can defend your pet, or if a bear is trying to enter a building with humans inside, you can shoot it, which is a blue state uh, and a blue governor, I'm assuming. They don't like guns. Guns are bad, unless you're fighting a bear. It also, Oh, it also prohibits intentionally feeding potentially dangerous animals like bears on private property and I guess earlier this month um, a four year old ran up, a four year old was running up the driveway sobbing, I saw a bear a golden retriever chased the bear off which is cool Um, but uh, yeah so Connecticut is the only state in the northeast with a significant bear population but no bear hunting season and that I mean that just tells you it's one of those things where you shouldn't hunt because it's cruel to the animals even though if you follow any of them funky nature pages you can Animals are pretty cool to cruel to each other. But this new law in Connecticut uh, is essentially it's, it's a stand your ground against bears, bear encounters. And uh, it's kind of a modest step. But if you can get a gun in Connecticut and they don't have some ridiculous restrictions on your ammunition because nobody needs that many browns unless you're fighting a bear. But that goes to tell you, too, if there's no hunting season, which is I think is natural because we are predators, we should be at the top of the food chain. And, and well, not at the coast of San Clemente Island. But... We should be, and you, we should hunt. We use animals. We have our canine teeth. We're, we're made to eat meat, even though they want us eating bugs. Because they, you know, that's another example of they trying to see how far they can push us and what we will put up with. And apparently, if you didn't notice the great debacle of 2020, we will put up with a lot of bullshit. But th- wh- what's happening here is there's no hunting, and and people are feeding them, and that's bad because bears no, they're not afraid of. People bears that get hunted are more skittish around people and I know that a you know a grizzly bear is worse than a black bear as far as worse like size um and and the ability to kill you but there's you know they're just smart animals and they know that they're not uh you know they think that they're part of the team, and if you get people that are feeding them, the bear's going to come where the food is. That's why they break into houses and stuff like that. But enough is enough. You can shoot a bear. They should have a hunting season that will get the bears more skittish. Bears are cool animals. But they're very smart, but even even grizzlies have um, they'll run from you generally. And of course, you know anything with any animal get in between them and their kids. That's a bad day. Uh, and if you interrupt their food because animals are out there to eat and to fight, and to have sex with each other, and make more animals. But, I mean, even in Montana, because a lot of people are kind of do-gooders, especially the people from California that come to Montana because they don't want a gun because guns are the root of all evil, as they say. So they have bear spray and bear bells. You can ring a bell and the bear won't, the bear will run away, which actually the opposite happens, kind of like most decisions leftists make. Uh, their good intentions backfire. Like if you look at basically any any Democrat-run city, you'll see that. Um, but the bear bell turns into a dinner bell, and that's what it is. So a gun's going to help you in that situation if you need to use a big enough gun. I don't, you know, I don't want, I'm not saying kill the bears, um, but if you have to, you can. You're not going to kill them with bear spray, which I guess works better on dogs. I don't know. I, uh, I'm not going up in the, those hills without them, uh, without guns. But I was looking for, because um, we're talking about, Animals that eat people and swimming and stuff like that. Obviously, I mentioned grizzly bears. They've been known to eat people sometimes. Um, There's an island up in Alaska where they said they put the bad bears, meaning a a grizzly or a Kodiak, I guess. Kodiaks and grizzlies are both brown bears. Kodiaks are just bigger. You want to know why? Well, because they live on the coast, and they eat more fish. And grizzlies are inland. they got to chase shit down and eat it. But Kodiak's are bigger. Allegedly, there's an island up there where the bad bears that have attacked humans go to the bad bear island, and that's, uh, I'm assuming a dangerous place, but probably a kick-ass movie, but they don't, uh, they don't intentionally do that. I don't think grizzly bears are known to stalk and hunt people. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, the only bear known to stalk and hunt and eat people is a polar bear, and polar bears get very hungry for obvious reasons, and the the word is if you're up north and you see a polar bear that's a that's a problem for you because you didn't just run into him on accident he found you by smelling you and that means he's hunting you and that's gonna that's gonna end poorly if you do not have a weapon or a place to go into but I guess a polar bear will actively hunt you um, at Saltwater crocodiles actually enjoy eating people, and I know they eat a lot of people uh, all over the world, wherever wherever they are. Not not all over the world, thank God. But the crocodiles in Africa, I guess, are pretty bad. Um, hippos attack people because they hate us, but they don't eat us generally. But I was looking this up. What are what are uh, what hunts us? They I guess tiger attacks in India are on the rise. I they allegedly because their habitats are getting smaller, and. They just eat people. You, ever, you see that video of the there is a car driving through a tiger sanctuary and I get the woman was in the passenger seat, I think, and she got out and ran around to yell at her husband and a tiger came out and got her and drug her into the into the woods. And the word is, because the husband got out and he didn't know what to do, but he, I guess he chased her. And the word I got was that the mom was in the car and she chased too, and she was actually mauled by the tiger and the woman lived. I'm not sure how true that is, but the video's horrific. I don't like seeing that shit. But a tiger will attack you. And the other cats that I guess are man-eaters would be lions and um, leopards, I've heard, which is... I mean, I think the thing, and I guess we're going down a rabbit hole here. I think the thing of. About getting the only good thing about getting attacked by a cat is they have a tendency to choke you out before they start eating you. I mean, you're gonna pass out, then they'll just kill you that way. I guess. Not saying that's a great way to go, but it's better than like a bear standing on you and eating you butthole first, and just like I don't even want to think about that. But uh, but a lot of this too is just with the habitat and with people getting too comfortable. People get attacked every year by bison. In, in Yellowstone Park, because why? Well, let's get a selfie. Let's try to pet it. Moose are not nice. Don't go up to moose. Don't go up to wild animals. Don't feed the animals. It's food source. They're wild animals for a reason. Get a dog. But, uh, um, you know, I know a guy, a friend of mine, who uh, was attacked by a Komodo dragon, and his name is Phil Bronstein. He's, a, he's an author, a great guy, a Scotch connoisseur, yeah, and he actually told me this story. I'm just I, again, these uh I'm spitballing here, but I guess so in 2001 uh Phil was actually married to Sharon Stone and at the time she was I guess one of the hottest people in the world. And if you see her old um videos, she wasn't. But he got, he got uh Phil got attacked by a Komodo dragon. He lost his big toe to one of the lizards. They are the ones that um they have the the venom that can bring down large prey like You can see videos of them biting into like deer, and it it slows them down so they can eventually swallow them. You see them eating um, kangaroos and stuff. If if they bite you, basically you can, um, um, you you know, you can be in trouble because everything starts to get numb. And if you if you're down, that that's probably the worst way to go—getting eaten alive by a komodo dragon. Why don't? Why are we talking about this? But I asked Phil what was it like getting bit by a Komodo dragon? he said, well, not quite as hard as getting bit by Sharon stone. (laughs) And I said, is she really that bad? And he goes, you ever seen casino? She was worse than that. So yeah. So Komodo dragons, I guess will attack people and other animals, wolves, not yet in Montana, but we did reintroduce them to Yellowstone park, which by reintroduce, I mean, they grabbed Arctic wolves, not gray wolves that are native. So there's these huge black wolves wandering the countryside and, uh, they haven't attacked people yet, but they have in in um, Alaska. And uh, we're covering the man-eaters. I get, And, you know, obviously thinking of getting bit, you think of snakes. Snake will kill you. You know, rattlesnake will kill you. Cobra will kill you, but a python will eat you. And those are videos, again, I don't need to see. But, um, yeah, uh, I think this conversation today started because of the new law in Connecticut where you can shoot to kill the bear. Start a bear hunting season, Connecticut. And uh, keep your kids safe. Mm -hmm. And speaking of snakes, we were just talking about snakes. So we got to bring up politicians because that's just, it seems to dominate everything. And I've mentioned that before. As much as I would love to just sit here and tell war stories and training stories and how awesome everybody is, uh, you got to get into politics because it's, especially this week with uh, the debates. Uh, I'm not calling the people on the stage snakes. I'm just saying that when you become part of the swamp, you get snaky qualities. But there was a Republican debate that I did watch recently. I'm sure you saw it Wednesday night. And the people there were former President Mike Pence, Governor Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Governor Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is uh, really turning heads, Doug Bergman, who's um, former go- or actually the governor of North Dakota, Asa Hutchinson is a former governor of Arkansas. And then the noticeable uh, people missing for some reason were uh, Perry Johnson and Larry Elder. And for some reason, the RNC doesn't like Larry Elder. I think he's a great voice for conservatives. Um, <laughs> you know, you're doing something right when the left wing media calls you the black face of white supremacy. <laughs> What does that even mean? That's what they called him. Uh, the RNC did not help him at all when he was running for governor of California, which he should have won. He does a great job. He's got a great stance, and it would it would be good to see him on the stage. Um, the uh, the debates, if you didn't watch, they were they were decent. Um, a couple heated exchanges. It, I tweeted out something that Vice Principal Pence is kind of annoying because <laughs> he reminds me of a vice principal, and he was the vice president, obviously. Um. But it, it was good. There were some good points, man. I think Nikki Haley did a really good job. She came back uh, up in the polls, and she's a diplomat. I, my issue with her is she's so pro-Ukraine war, just loves the war in Ukraine, and then will say you're for Putin if you don't think the war in Ukraine should be happening when, you know, it's a, no one really knows what's happening in Ukraine except uh, innocent people are dying. We don't know if Ukraine's winning. We're being told they are. I'm being told they're not. I've never been there. I don't like war. I'm not trying to judge anyone who's fighting on either side. Because uh, a lot of times, too, and I've had World War II veterans. I had a, I had a vet who was on the first wave, uh, uh, dog green sector, Omaha Beach, in Normandy. And he was the one that said, even the Germans were our enemies in uniform only. Uh, and obviously, I'm not saying the Nazis were good. I'm just saying, when you get that close, the realization that old men send young men to kill each other, and that's kind of what happens. But she's big pro-keep-sending-money-pumping-into-Ukraine uh, it when it's probably just a big money-laundering thing because a lot of shit was going on in Ukraine before that. I've been to Ukraine. I've worked with the corrupt government there, and if you're on the side of the corrupt go- government, it is actually kind of awesome. But, uh, yeah, that, that debate was there. Um, I guess... Uh, Larry Elder and Perry Johnson are now suing the Republican National Committee, the RNC, for not allowing them on the stage because there are certain requirements. And they said they met them all. And then it's going to go, the next debate is in uh, September. It, you need a, th- a 3% as far as the polling goes and 50,000 donors, and we'll see who qualifies for that. Another, another debate, which should be a hoot. I do like watching it, but it's, it's much of the same stuff. Like, even with Nikki Haley, she's talking about her diplomatic experience, which is true. She, she she strikes me as a very smart person, too, and she seems conservative. But just for someone like Nikki Haley to say, uh, it's time for a new generation, but she still uses the same old language that D.C. uses all the time. And, um, uh, and I don't like the way a lot of them are doing it. Some of them just can't help but bash Trump. I think it's a bad idea for that side, the Republicans, to bash each other because... I don't know if you noticed, most of the media hates the rights, and they are recording everything that's being said, probably including this, and they're going to use it in sound bites um, to hurt people in the general election, whomever will be the nominee for the Republican Party to go up against allegedly Joe Biden if he's there still. Should be interesting. They're going to use that. Uh, you can always vote for my for me and Charlie Sheen as, as vice president, O'Neill Sheen, 2024. Um, the, our, our campaign is the only problem is what if we win and then our buttons say somebody's getting nuked I thought it was pretty clever uh, should, there's things you shouldn't joke about that's probably one of them but if you go to RJO Apparel you can find O'Neill Sheen 2024 they even have our pretty faces on there they, uh, I had the artist who drew it make me a little bit more tan because I posted a picture of myself in New York and uh, it's always clever when people on the internet remind me that I need sunscreen thank you I noticed. Yeah. It's kind of like when you make fun of someone's, li- don't make fun of someone's name or last name. You know why? Because they've heard it. You're not breaking new ground there. It's like when you're, when someone's at a book signing, they're signing the books. You don't need to ask them if they have cramps in their hands because they probably do have cramps in their hands. But yeah, the debate was fun. I did, I did, I watched it in its entirety. I will watch them. I do like to get immersed in a lot of stuff like that. And I watch the news to see who's doing what. I question why people do certain things because I've worked with pretty much every major. Uh, media outlet and um, and uh, I've had a I've had really good experiences with with the on air talent and with the producers. Uh, everyone's usually pretty cool. They're very smart. I, I often wonder why they um why they do certain things because most people on TV are smart. But there's definitely an agenda because some of these some of these outlets and you know who I'm talking about are spewing out straight horse shit. But uh, they know what they're doing. There's a reason for doing it. I don't know if it's the power, it's the fame, it's the money or whatever. But they do that and they're saving this stuff up and they're going to they're gonna bash, um, bash who they don't like. They control. If the media controlled, then uh, uh, it helps the people in power. So the media and um, the politicians, like I've said before too, like they're, as far as they're concerned, people in the beltway, it's a different planet. Like uh, There's New York City media, there's Washington, D.C. politicians, and there's Hollywood. Uh, you know, entertainment. And then the rest is, is the Midwest, the flyover states. I, I, someone asked me where I was from, and I said Montana. And they said, oh, the Midwest. I said, no, pretty fucking far from it, but yeah. Thank you. But uh, yeah, the, so the media is going to be out there. And, and like we've noticed, it's just politics. It's always election season. Someone's always politicking, raising money there, um, uh, you know, on TV telling you how they're going to change everything. And then they really start to talk slowly. And, and, we, and the same damn names. You can't get rid of them. They're just there. Um, and there's, I mean, even on the Republican side, we already know Mitch McConnell's trying to, uh, get a crew together because they don't want Trump in office either because they're very comfortable. Uh, and especially in politics, powerful people do have a tendency to protect powerful people. And Donald Trump is one of those guys that was a billionaire. He was rich before he went into politics, not poor, and then became rich because of politics. Show me a rich politician. I'll show you a corrupt politician. That's just what happens. And, And on that, then there was, um, what are we looking at here? A lot of mug shots this week, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, and if um, a mug shot, if you've never had your mug shot taken, I've had my mug shot taken. Uh, if you've never had it, though, it's kind of a moment when you're staring at the camera you're like, well, this is real. <laughs> Do I smile? And generally, in my case, too, I love cops. I will always defend law enforcement. Uh, and I tell people, too, that you know every time I've been in handcuffs, I deserved it. I, as far as I'm concerned, cops don't go out of their way to, um, to arrest me. But mugshots like uh, former chief of staff of the White House, Mark Meadows, had his taken. Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, a lot of attorneys working around Donald Trump. And then, of course, Donald Trump had his mugshot taken. And um, you know what? You got to think about this with the career that Donald Trump has had before politics, on TV, in politics, in the White House, now out of politics, running for president again, um, the obvious front runner. All the pictures that have been taken of Donald Trump in his his life, and I've been to his office, and trust me, he's not afraid to have pictures of himself everywhere. (laughs) Um, This will be the most famous one. There's already T-shirts out there. I made a T-shirt of my mugshot called, uh, it says, Employee of the Month. I was actually thinking about doing that once a month if, like, would you guys be interested in that? Like, send me your mugshot, and maybe I make shirts out of it, and we can do employee of the month, maybe? I don't know, kind of an idea. But we could do that. But, um, yeah, so that was taken. And it's, it, he's the first president ever to have a prisoner number, uh, a mugshot, fingerprints done. It kind of makes you wonder what, uh, where are we headed, what's going to happen with this, because this is what, uh, this is what communists do. If you cannot beat your opponent, you have them arrested. This is what Zelensky does in in Ukraine. The brave Volodymyr Zelensky and his wife and her very expensive taste and her outstanding wardrobe that she's able to afford in the cars because of the taxpayer's funding. You know, we don't do much about our border. and Look at the streets of New York. I'm actually looking at them right now with people sleeping everywhere. Uh, No one's doing shit. Because, again, why are not they doing stuff at the border? Well, because eventually they can... um, they can vote. We can make them vote. That's why I'm uh, Trump and his team were indicted because uh, a conspiracy to overturn an election. Do you ever notice too how um, a lot of news stations are like? But you admit this was a fair, free and fair election. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's why you can't find uh, two thousand mules anywhere. Watch that. I mean, th- if you know. If we can, if if, uh, try getting on an airplane without an ID, you know, it's not going to happen. I don't think you can send FedEx packages without an ID. You can vote without an ID. You can, uh, I've seen it too, uh, especially in the Northeast. Uh, There are uh, absentee ballots being, that are put in apartments where people haven't lived in years. You can fill them out. A lot of people can fill them out. You know, look, look who runs the polling stations, but I'm sure it was free and fair. Um, and, now, and now even though on the right, the Republicans are saying, well, we just need to cheat like them. You know what? That's not the answer. Nobody should be cheating. We should be electing people that get elected by the people. But, I mean, there are people that are voting for people that don't even know that they're um, who their representative is, but there's a, just a D by the name. They vote Democrat. A lot of people vote Democrat because they always vote Democrat. You know what's going to probably scare them eventually is when a, a lot of these people coming from from uh, Mexico and Central and South America, when when they realize, if they get here, and whatever, I'm, I'm not them, but uh, they're family-oriented. A lot of them are Christians. Uh, they're going to realize their values lean more to the right, and, and once the illegals start voting Republican, you will see better border security. And that's just my thoughts on that. But, yeah, the, the mugshots were there. You can go find them anywhere. Uh, you can go check out... Um, O'Neill Sheen, 2024. I'm gonna break out next podcast. I was just sent a package by Charlie Sheen, and I think I haven't opened it. I'm looking at it. I think it's the original script to Navy SEALs, which you know that's great because uh, that's. I'm glad that movie's out there because that's the only movie ever made about Navy SEALs, and no one's ever written a book. Silent professionals. So Navy SEALs, I do love that movie. But speaking of Navy SEALs, I need to get your opinions on this. Um, I do have a meeting with one of my former bosses from SEAL Team 6 today. Very excited for that. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say his name. You might know who he is. I'm, I'm going to probably get him on my podcast. Great interview. One of the smartest guys I've ever met. One of the best leaders I've ever had the fortune of working for. And he actually said, you never worked for me, you worked with me. And he, he was he was the guy that said uh, when we were in a gunfight in Baghdad and I was telling him we got to go here and hit this house or whatever. And I said, shit, sir, I'm sorry. You're in charge. And he said, oh, no, no, no. Make no mistake. I'm responsible. You're in charge, which is pretty cool. But I'm going to talk to him today. I'll let you know how that goes out. It will be a great interview. It's an interview where I would like to get a studio myself uh, that's big enough to put two people. And I might be able to fit that here. What do you guys think? Looking around. And another Navy SEAL. Um, I'm... I've been in touch with recently. West Coast guy, combat vet, complete stud. His name is Tage Gill. And uh this is not an ad, but I'm drinking Warpath Coffee. That's his uh that's his brand, Warpath Coffee. Um, Navy SEAL made. I don't know who he found to brew this, but man, it's good. He's uh, he's on Instagram too. Find Warpath Coffee on Instagram, and I think it's Warpath, warpath dot coffee online. You can uh check that out. It's really good coffee. I like the whole bean stuff. I'm, I'm torn. I also want your opinion on this. Uh, my wife got me a really kick-ass espresso machine that I've been using a lot. Love it. Um, uh, cause you can like make yourself a bunch of espresso and put it on, you know, one on top of the other espresso lungo or whatever the hell I do use sweetener. So if you see that my coffee is not black, um, you're going to make fun of me cause you're the internet, whatever. What's that? Some people say, what's that uh, saying? I like my coffee like I like my women without some other dude's dick in it. And so, yeah, Warpath Coffee's good. I'm going to give Tage a shot. I'm going to get him on here too. He's got some funny stories. He actually worked security for me for a while. One of the points where uh, I was giving like 250 speeches a year, a lot of travel uh, on certain airlines, one of which I'm not allowed on anymore. I remember uh, he was my security guy, and we went to – we went to this huge event, and and it was a dinner before the event. We're sitting there, and they're giving a guy a retirement thing. And, and you know, this is his company, and everyone knows him and loves him. Big place. We don't know these people. I You know, I got a, a brief on what to talk about to their company and get on stage. And I'm sitting there, and they're playing this um, career highlights of this guy on, like, a PowerPoint slide. And it's the sweet music in the family. And it was a long – I mean, hey, the, you know, the guy got the gold watch in the 40 years at the company or whatever. And I get a text from my security guy, Tage. He's sitting over there and says, I want to raise. (laughs) Because he had to do that, which is fun. But yeah, Warpath Coffee. I'm going to get him on. Check that out. Um, Yeah, debates are going to be around. If you missed that last one, don't stress because there will be more. Uh, And it will be interesting. It's always fun to watch the swamp creatures get afraid of the outsiders because... If Donald Trump gets back in office, I think it's going to be... It's definitely going to be something to watch because the media hates him. They don't know why they hate him, but they do. And half the country hates him. They're not sure why either. I mean, they're told by the media why they hate him. It's a lot of isms and hate and mean. Uh, The policies are good. I like the gas. I like to be able to afford groceries. I do like uh, border security, and I like to uh, be respected by other countries. But stick around there, you know pay attention, get some good coffee in your life, take care of each other, call your mom. You're never out of the fight.